Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Courtside Standoff Podcast today. I'm Josh Shevinoff. He is the one and only Angel Ortega. A big show this week, to put it lightly. UFC Vegas, Ultimate Fighter, NBA Playoffs, Mayweather Paul, Jake Paul News. Never thought I'd be talking about in a sports sense if you asked me that like two years ago. Regardless, before we get all of that and more, I talked to you guys about Rogue Energy. Rogue Energy was founded in January 2017 to be the best gaming drinker in the world. They developed the premium stack of the form of a delicious energy and focus drink. It's designed to replace an unhealthy candy in your drinks, coffee, and even traditional pre-workouts. Rogue Energy is sugar-free with vitamins loaded with vitamins, antioxidants, and nootropics. They designed Rogue Energy for the emerging professional competitive gaming market and continues to have fantastic carryover and success for students, athletes, entrepreneurs, and anyone looking to optimize their mental and physical performance. If you want 10% off your order, use the code SOUNDOFF at checkout. That's code SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% off of all your energy needs. This Saturday night in the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, an interesting main event, one that is very flying under the radar. Uh, Angel, I'll be honest, if we did not cover MMA on this show, I probably would have forgotten that this show was happening. I've seen very little promotion for it. Seems like they're kind of throwing in the towel, given all that's going on in the sports world. I mean, obviously, NBA's going on. Um, obviously, a lot of boxing's going on this weekend as well, which we'll talk about near the end of the show. But, man... Uh, Still, still a card going on, nonetheless. Uh, two top ten heavyweights, Yarzinho Rosen striking on Augusto Sakai. Uh, Yarzinho obviously looking to rebound two losses in his last three fights, both of them being pretty badly. Last one was a zero gone in February via decision. Augusto Sakai, on the other hand, looking to rebound off of a knockout loss to the one and only Alistair Overeem in September of last year. That was also his first main event. Uh, both these dudes looking to rebound. Angel, my man, what do you think about, firstly, about the fight itself? And uh, just kind of your buzz going into the card this weekend. Oh, man. I, I'm personally excited. I, I think there's a lot to for, look forward to. Obviously, it's not the biggest name heavy, but there's a lot of guys here who are young, good contenders. Um, as far as matchmaking for the first fight, I mean, let's get right into it, Josh. I'm I'm really excited. I think these are two guys who are at an interesting point in their career, right? Obviously, Sakai was a, a guy coming off the, the loss of the demolition man himself, Alistair Overeem. Um Who's now in, not in the UFC anymore? Uh, sadly, yeah, sadly. And uh, it's kind of crazy. The last two, you know, the the last time these guys won, neither of those guys that they fought and won against are in the UFC any longer. Well, I guess Sakai lost to Overeem, so ne- never mind. But still, you you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying. The, the last guys they fought aren't no longer in the promotion, which is actually kind of crazy. Uh, well, not Cyril, but uh, yeah, man, I'm excited for it. I think this is a good one. Man, dude, I, I'm just hyped up. You know, I, I think Sakai is like a really sneaky guy. I think he could he could look really good on that given night. Mm-hmm. And then Yorzinho, bro. I, there, there. Ever since that Ngannou loss, I felt like there's you know there's something a little missing from from his last fight. Um, I feel like there's some hesitation. There's 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 a a little bit of you know going for it, sending it more that's not there. Obviously, Searle was uh, very smart in his game plan, very active, you know, moving constantly, going in and out. And Yorzinho just didn't pull the trigger, in my opinion, in that fight. I felt like that's that's all he needed. He just needed to pull pull the trigger, put some pressure on, make him feel his power, and uh, be able to take some rounds. He did not end up doing that. Obviously, you know, both guys dictate that fight. It's not Yorzinho's fault and not Searle's fault. Uh, 
you know, it, it was just a combination of both of them together not making an exciting fight, sadly, on that night. Um, as far as my pick, I'm going to pick Garzino, man. I think he's going to come back. I feel like he has to build his confidence. I feel like Sakai is going to go at him. I don't think these guys are going to touch the ground at all. Um, obviously, we've seen the weakness there for, for either one at times. Um, and I think Garzino is going to be able to do it with the stand-up. I, I, I think it's just I'm going to give it down to the power. Uh, as far as technique, I feel like we still even haven't seen all Garzino's technique. I think that's something really important that we have to look into. And uh, if even it's allowed to happen because of his, you know, his amazing power. Mm-hmm. And look, man, as much as I'm not looking forward to this fight, in fact, I think, um, yeah, I don't think it's going to be very fun. I think Garzino is probably going to be hesitant. I mean, he was hesitant in the Gon fight. He's been kind of hesitant. Uh, just in general, ever since getting knocked out by Ngani, which I don't blame him. Uh, but that being said, Augustus Akai, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take him, man. I think that he's not the most entertaining guy to watch, just historically speaking. Uh, the Overeem fight was relatively boring up until Overeem got the finish, the even off fight, not a whole lot of action. Same for the Arbolowski fight, so on and so forth. However, he's very good at slowing down the fight and fighting at his own pace. Um, which is such an underrated attribute, using his size a lot to his advantage. Because he's definitely one of the bigger heavyweights he's 6'4 260 um and i'm, I'm gonna go ahead and take sakai man I, i'm assuming he's probably gonna win something along the lines of a decision however i do not be surprised if yarzina comes out man this guy still i still have a lot of um a lot of hype on just because he needs to figure out a lot of those little technical things um it's how to fight at a distance so on and so forth but dude his power is still insane uh, he's still a very entertaining guy he's still only 11 and 2 and i mean you know 13 fights in his career he's a top five i mean he's technically right six so we'll top six heavyweight on the planet um so i still got high hopes for the man but i am going to go ahead and take it augustus kind of the main event but angel my man this is not the only heavyweight action we got this weekend co-main events walt harris taking on marching tabora both these guys ranked inside the top 15 um obviously tabora at 11 walt harris at number eight uh harris looking to rebound after two bad losses both via knockout to alexander volkov and alistair over him respectively before that he was on a four fight win streak sticking on tabora who you know at one point tabora looked like a nice young heavyweight uh in the ufc you know he, he debuted lost to timothy johnson but then he won three in a row including being orlovsky then he lost four or five man and three of those were knockouts since then Four wins in a row, including over Greg Hardy and Ben Rothwell, respectively, two of the bigger names on that list. Uh, so, my man, Angel, in the co-main events, who do you got coming out on top, DeBoer or Harris? You know, I don't, I don't want to get into it too deeply just because of the man situation, but, you know, I, I've talked a lot privately about how I think Walt Harris shouldn't be fighting. It, I mean, mainly mainly last year. I mean, he came back uh, after some uh, kind of crazy things that have occurred in his life and, and, and some and a tragic loss. Uh, especially in the matter in which it happened, um, and, and then him fighting and, and losing, I don't I don't think that makes it any better. Um, you know, Martin Torres is kind of having this upward trajectory right now. You know, he's won four in a row. He's he's taking all Wall Harris now, which is kind of, at least for him right now, if in the situation the guy's in, kind of the perfect opponent for him. Uh, he's currently ranked eight. He'll push himself up if he wins this. I think Martin Torres is going to come out with a victory. Uh, Obviously, for Walt Harris's own good, it'd be it'd be good for him to get a W right and get back in there, and uh, kind of build some confidence back up and, and try to find some normalcy in his life. But uh, I think maybe Marcin Tura might be turning around a little bit. I mean, not necessarily turning around, but kind of finding his stride here now, a few years into the promotion, and, and you know, capturing a couple wins. 
Yeah, man. And Tabora, he he is on a he's finally hit his stride, which is weird because he is 35. Um, he's been in the UFC for honestly five, four or five years at this point, longer than you would expect. Uh, I'm actually gonna go Walt Harris, man. I think he's he's gonna get back on track. I think the Volkov fight was definitely just a really really tough matchup for him. Um, that one was just a terrible matchmaking decision, and I do agree with you that he probably did come back too soon, especially for the Overeem fight. I mean, that was only we're not exactly gonna get into it, but regardless, um, I thought he looked good in that one. The Volkov fight was a bad matchmaking decision, especially considering Volkov. Alexander Swolkov, he's killing it right now, boy. Uh, I think he's a future <laughs> champ, straight up. But we'll t- we'll talk about our Volkov love whenever he fights next. But man, I am gonna go ahead and take Walt Harris. I think he still hits hard as fuck. Um, I think he's determined. And I think Tabora, man, God bless Tabora. The dude has zero head movement, um, and I don't think he's able. I mean, you, you saw what happened in that first round against Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy was beating his ass, and Greg Hardy is not a tenth of the striker that Walt Harris is. So I'm going to go ahead and take Walt Harris here, probably via a knockout. But regardless, man, you said yourself uh, you're a fan of the undercard. What are, what are the couple of fights you want to go ahead and highlight from this one? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, we're going to get into it, Josh. We are talking before the show is starting. Uh, Santiago Ponce de Rivio, Miguel Diaz. Man, we have seen this man really have, at least am- amongst you know the community of people who, who keep up with the sport and enjoy it a lot, have a lot of hype. I mean, he's been putting up Good performances, man. Uh, this is a big one for him. He's getting pushed kind of pretty hard right now. This is a really good. This is a really tough opponent. I mean, but for Santiago, uh, lost to Liu Jing Lang. I'm, I'm pretty sure his last loss was quite a while back. I mean, you got to look for it. I'm trying to find it right now. Uh, let's see if I can find it. Lorenz Larkin, who's now mm-hmm. in Bellator, I believe. That was back in 2015. So it had been a long time. And... Uh, Obviously, he, he lost when he made his return after uh, obviously dealing with some health issues. And now he's going to put against this this young guy who, who, who they want to push, who's giving them some good highlights. Uh, I mean, that's kind of the one of the, the biggest one for me outside of Mesa Jones on the prelim because he's a lot of guy I have a lot of hope for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So as far as the first fight you went in and highlighted, uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio, uh Santiago Ponzinibbio, Miguel Baeza, that's a straight-up banger, dude. That is, that is has fight of the night written all over it. Obviously, Miguel Baeza, 28 years old, 10-0, um, undefeated in the UFC. They're pushing him hard, man. And is Ponzinibbio too much too soon? Who knows? But Ponzinibbio, man, I mean, I felt so bad for this kid, man. I really did. I mean, he, he was on a great win streak. Um, and he looked like he was hitting his prime. I mean, that beatdown in Neil Magny is one of like the all-time underrated beatdowns. He beat the shit out of Neil Magny for four rounds before flattening him. Um, and then he obviously got COVID. He got he nearly died. He got a, like a blood infection. But even before he got COVID, like the dude, the dude dealt with a lot of shit. Um, and so I'm glad to see him back. But that is a tough matchup for both those dudes. Um, obviously, Tanner Bowser taking on Lear Lativi should be a lot of fun. Makwan Americani is fun. Your boy Jordan Levitt is back, taking on Claudio Poleles, uh, Muslim Silikov, Francisco Trinaldo. So overall, I, I mean, I, I shit on the, the top two fights, kind of, um, especially IRL when I talk with you. But uh, overall, not not a uh, not a bad overall card, but definitely one that's flying under the radar to put it lightly. But Angel Man, is there anything else left on this on this on the Saturday night fight card you want to talk talk about before we go and move on to the Ultimate Fighter? No, man, I think we did a great job of highlighting it all. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. There's a lot to look forward to, a lot on the prelims mainly that, that I'm going to be excited for. And uh, and then obviously next week, man, 
we got pay-per-view talk, so that always gets me hyped up. For sure, man, for sure. And let's go ahead and move on as far as that card to just a quick recap. If you guys have not noticed or forgotten or given a shit, the Ultimate Fighter's back. Uh, most people have probably not really cared. Uh, just based off of the response I'm seeing online, I saw nothing about it like on Reddit, on Twitter the day after. I mean, like, there was, there's been zero talk of this, um, which kind of sucks because – Overall, the Ultimate Fighter uh, it was a um, a show that um, was very influential in the early days of the UFC as far as getting traction. They put it on Spike, and it it did huge numbers. And for a long time, it was a huge show. There's been such amazing moments. I mean, I've I've watched multiple multiple seasons, um, and now they're back for the first time in and I believe three or four years. And literally, I've seen very little talk of it. But we're gonna go and talk about it, man. Obviously, the um, the coaches, Alexander Volkanovsky and Brian Ortega, they're going to fight later this year. But as for the teams, it's going to be bantamweights and middleweights. Um, and as far as it goes, man, first fight up, we saw uh, Andre Pedorowski subbing Aaron Phillips. Uh, as far as that goes, man, what, what is it just kind of like – it's kind of hard to kind of recap this, um, at least week one, because there's not a whole lot to talk about. But what are some of the dudes that kind of stuck out to you and your kind of takeaways in the first episode? I mean, obviously, we didn't get to see a lot of, like, what they can actually perform. Obviously, we saw them train, do some drills, but it's really hard. Obviously, you know, we can take our time to look at, you know, look up some of their fights because some of these guys have fought in, you know, obviously some pretty good promotions. I mean, Aaron Phillips fought in Alaska FC, and we know that Alaska FC is kind of – has been around for quite a while and has put up a lot of shows, you know, credit to them. And then uh, I know one of these one of these guys, I can't think off the top of my head, one of them has been in Bellator, and, and they decided to uh, come on to the Ultimate Fighter. I can't remember who. I know he's someone we got to keep an eye on. Uh, I can't remember who it is off the top of my head. And uh, and obviously there was a you know we they got to do some sit downs with them and tell some stories. Uh, uh, we were talking about earlier. I mean Trishan Gore, his story is uh, one that I think will impact a lot of people, and he'll be definitely a guy coming in with a, a lot on on his back and, and kind of trying to make a statement. And then uh, as far as personalities for me, I mean Ricky was one that we highlighted. I think he's gonna be a fun guy during the season. Uh, Maybe a sleeper guy that a lot of people don't expect to to put out a, perform- a performance for you know not looking like a fighter or, or and maybe not having like a you can tell he's he's a guy who might be into some like nerdy stuff because I saw him doing some kind of you know poses out there yeah uh, he he looks like a guy will enjoy uh, as far as a guy that I think looks like your prototypical fighter I mean Andre who we had on our first fight who, who looks like he might be one of the guys at least right now obviously we only saw one fight uh, he looks like he's kind of like you know, he he came out and made a statement really quickly on obviously Aaron Phillips in, in that first fight. I know I'm, I'm rambling a little bit here, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean just to carry on. I mean when it, I, you know Josh, and and you probably had the same reaction when you heard Aaron Phillips got most of his MMA training for YouTube. That's probably when you were like, "Yep, <laughs> I know." I was like, it's, "That's it. That's it. <laughs> that's done." But yeah, I, I'll throw it back to you. I went on a little tangent there and uh, kind of went off. No, you're good, bro. I mean, overall, episode one was pretty fun. Um, at this point, if you've seen one of the Ultimate Fighters, like if you've seen one season, if you've seen one episode, you've seen it all, man. Uh, and, and that's not to be disrespectful, but at this point, there's 29 seasons. You know what you're getting into, bro. I mean, you got eight dudes, excuse me, 16 dudes in a house. They're all going to fight, at least in their own weight class. Um, they're going to fight and they're going to be a winner and they're going to get a nice contract at the end of the season. You kind of get that idea. They, they have they make sure they're stocked up on booze in the house and they're like they're not allowed to see their family. They're not allowed to leave the house. Crazy shit always happens. 
you at this yeah. point you know what you're getting with the ultimate fighter um some of it's like manufactured reality drama but who knows overall dude i'm a big fan of treshawn gore a big fan of rookie like you said uh pretty cool dude overall though like it, it was a good episode it was a good i mean episode. It, i mean it's early on we don't know we, we, as far as like you know, obviously, like I said, we can look up these guys, watch their fights in outside of, you know, other when they were in other promotions, right? Because obviously, we don't know a lot about them yet. We're, we got to wait for the episodes to come out and, and see them fight yeah. each week. Uh, so it's going to be hard right now to, to see who's who's looking like the guy, right? Or, or who's someone who's going to be, uh, who we think is going to come out on uh, out of each weight class, you know? Yeah, and as far as it goes, man, I mean, like, the, the let's, we can talk about this real quickly. I mean, like, the top, the coaches of the show um ortega and volkanovsky dude definitely got a lot of hate um whenever they were announced because a lot of people were looking for colby or they're looking for connor they're looking for like a huge star overall man i, I was actually kind of enjoying them i, li- I like the kind of yeah. camaraderie that they're having with their team and sometimes the dudes that you don't expect are like kind of the best coaches i mean i remember like uh chael sonnen was a phenomenal coach Mayhem Miller was a great coach from like season uh-huh. I think ten. No, it wasn't ten. It was like fifteen. I mean, I we've had some bad coaches, dude. I mean, great example, Forrest Griffin. <laughs> yeah, I love Forrest, man. But some of these dudes just are not good coaches. I mean, I still can't believe they let Brock Lesnar coach season. Lesnar was had, had six MMA fights at that point. Oh my god. <laughs> and he he was uh, coaching against JDS. Although apparently I've heard from Tony Ferguson talked about it a lot. Apparently he was a great coach. Oh, yeah, um, that was the Ferguson list. season. I forgot. Yeah. Um, but there's just some really, really bad ones, man. Um, but, I mean, I mean as you know, I, I think the guys that, that realistically, though, you can tell these guys are kind of invested. Because you saw Brian, you know, like he talked about on the show, you know, he he's taught a lot. In, you know, because obviously the jiu-jitsu background, a lot of times those guys also teach when they reach a certain level. So he's going to be really good at explaining stuff. And then, obviously, I don't know if you knew this, or I, I don't know if you paid, but Craig Jones was brought in for Team Volkanovski. I think that was almost calculated to counter Brian a little bit and help yeah. the guys out with the jiu-jitsu, which uh, I think Craig Jones was a really fun guy to bring on. I'm so happy they brought on Craig. Yeah. Uh, I was like, that. I'm like, that is so calculated. I'm like, that's so sneaky, Volk, you motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And overall, man, I'm, I'm, I'm a really big fan of a lot of the dudes that are in that um, – on both on both teams because i mean you mentioned you mentioned craig jones i gotta shout out my boy uh tiki tiki gosen uh on team ortega so i mean overall I, they, they've got they got some fun dudes on both squads and um i am i do enjoy both the coaching like it, it's gonna sound weird because like the entertainment factor is probably not there as much as far as like if they had a colby uh, a colby masvidal season or if they had a connor dustin season or if they had some other big star in there right is he victory yeah, if they didn't have... Is he anybody? <laughs> they don't have such a huge star, but I kind of appreciate, like, the, just the coaching side. Of it. Like, the actual, like... Sometimes I, I love MMA more than anything. It's a spectacle sport unlike no other, besides maybe boxing, which we'll get into later. I mean, boxing's all about fucking spectacle. Um, but sometimes I just appreciate, like, like the actual athletic part of it. Just, like, kind of, like, the coaching side of things, which I think Ortega and Volkanovski would be, like, probably technically-wise, two of the best dudes you're going to pick for that thing. You can tell they care. You can tell they yeah. care about each guy and, and having them perform because, uh, I mean, even in that first episode, I mean, you saw what was it? I think Brian dedicated specifically two hours just to Andre just just the day before before the fight, you know, just talking game plan, you know, because obviously no one else has a no one else had a fight at the moment. Obviously, they did announce the other fight. We didn't know that until the end of the episode that they also yeah. picked that. But, uh, 
yeah, you, you can tell they're these guys are genuinely invested and they want to see each guy succeed. For sure, man. And I'm going to go ahead and spring this on you right now. Um, this doesn't really count for anything because we we always track fight picks and we you know do stuff like that. But just make your bold prediction. Who's going to be champ at the end of the season for middleweights and then also for bantamweights? Who's going to be the ultimate fighter? Oh, my God, Josh. This is so early on. This is so – This doesn't matter. I don't care. This, We're doing it for this, season one. So that way – from episode one, that way you have like a dude you can follow. Oh, man. I'll do mine if you don't want to go. Okay, go first. Go uh, first. For middleweights, we'll go and start lower weights. Bantamweights, uh, I'm going to go Vince Murdoch. That's my bold prediction. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if that's that bold because I believe he was near the end of he was picked seventh, but I I've actually followed that dude before. He has some of the most wide experience on this roster too. Yeah, yeah exactly, and that's that's gonna be big. Him and Ricky um, actually, which is weird. Yeah, and he's he's twelve and four. Um, he's fought in he's fought in the contender series before. He's fought in Bellator before. He's been around the he's been around the game, man. So I'm gonna go Vince Murdoch, and then as far as middleweights, I am gonna go Trey Gore. You you don't he just can't lose man can he he has to do it right he has that's, to do it man I mean just the kind of energy he has journey man like I want him to do it oh man you know something this this is based off no information nothing I'm gonna go Andre and I'll go Ricky that's fair enough man that's fair enough I mean like my I was I was gonna try I I think Mitch has I'm some potential though a lot of people Andre have feels, I was gonna pick Andre but it almost feels cheap because he was the first middleweight picked. But he, he also has a lot of experience, though. He has he has a lot of experience. He's fucking huge, and uh, real strong, good striking, and obviously the wrestling too. Mm-hmm. And dude, he's not even done, you know, fully developing his game, and especially now with Brian on his side and kind of that team, I think he'll develop. I mean, if they really mold him, I think they could do a good job. And I'm pretty sure Treshawn Gore has the. How many fights do he have? Three. Three, yeah, but yeah, yeah, so fucking so power. He's, he's definitely like one of the. Uh, I want to say he like, has like the least experience on the show, so I'm gonna go ahead and take him. Just as, like he's the most moldable, though. You gotta think about that too. The guys who are very raw and want to learn yeah. and, and have a lot on the line are guys who are willing to they're learn willing a to lot. Learn. Yeah, they're willing to learn a lot, change a lot, and and you know fix you know those little holes. For but, sure. Uh, that's, that's, and who was the first pick? <laughs> who was the first pick actually had a team? It was it Mitch? But yeah, it was Mitch. And then Mitch the second pick was Andre, right? Uh, no, it was um Daniel Argetta. All right. I wonder. I don't know. You know, Andre, all the, Andre was the first middleweight picked. Now, Josh, is Kerman Lachinov gonna be a sleeper? Josh, Cameron, Cameron. M- maybe. Because uh, here's the thing, man. I, I don't know the history of the Ultimate Fighter, but uh, like, I feel like a lot of those dudes that are picked near the last always end up being killers. Wasn't Rashad Evans the last pick? He may have been. And, and I think Elvin? he actually was because he was like he was. That was, was a heavyweight small? season. Yeah, that was a heavyweight season. He was small. Yeah, very small dude. So. Um, it, it's not unheard of for a lot of those dudes who were picked last or picked near the last, uh-huh. um, to actually end up killing it. So, yeah, I mean, Kelvin was the last pick. I know that for a fact because Dana said it. So there you go. Yeah, if you he, want... mm-hmm. Rashad was not the last pick, but he was the, he was like the uh, fifth pick. That's kind of crazy, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> back for, at it. Yeah. That season was great, dude. I'm actually, that was the ultimate fire season. So everybody talks about season one. Season two had a Joe Stevenson, Keith Jardine, Seth Petrozelli, Josh Berkman, Marcus Davis, Rashad Evans, Petrozelli, oh my Melvin God. Ballard. <laughs> like, that was a great season. Yeah, no. Well, they had to rally back, Josh. I mean, they followed it up with the first one. They had to well, you then, know, carry that hype. Well, then season three had fucking Bisping, Kendall Grove, Matt Hamill, Caleb Starnes, 
Ross Point, like Ed Herman, like dude, those older Olden Fire seasons. That, there's a reason why everybody has so much like nostalgia for them. They carry they that energy. So- yeah, they carry that energy. And then obviously season four had you know Travis Luter, Patrick Cote, the boy Matt Sarah, Chris Lyle, Dean Thomas, Shoney Carter, Dean Thomas. <laughs> yeah, all those dudes. Jorge Rivera. That's an that's an old name, man. Yeah, man, hell, hell, of, hell of a good episode. Uh, so that's 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 it was pretty fun, man. I, I think like next week's gonna be a banger. There. I, I think the season's gonna be a banger. Now I do hope it does well. I selfishly do enjoy the Ultimate Fighter, and I don't want to see it go away. Um, and I I saw literally nobody talking about um this episode. So, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Anything can happen, man. Uh, some crazy stuff can happen that will. You know, some stuff can happen in the house that would, you know, bring people in, you know, some controversy or maybe a good fight. I mean, a, a, a lot of stuff could attract people. You know, we got to have hope. Um, mm. I, I'm cur- I don't know how many people watch. I'm kind of curious to see how many people watch the, 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 the premiere, I guess, of the return. I don't think we're actually going to find it out because it was on ESPN Plus. So I don't think that those ratings are released. Sadly. Maybe they are, but I, I don't think so. Yeah. But regardless, my man, uh, moving on, NBA playoffs time, my man. Um, we obviously gave our predictions last week for the first round. Some of these series are wrapped up. Some of them are not. But we're going to go ahead and talk about the ones that are wrapped up real quickly. Uh, last night, Atlanta wrapped it up in five games, which after the first two games, I would have never seen that coming. Um, they ended up wrapping it up in five games, knocking out the Knicks. Washington ended up getting eliminated last night in a, uh, a close one against Philadelphia, even though Philly was down Joel Embiid. Um, Boston ended up getting eliminated. We got that Brooklyn-Milwaukee finally set, officially set, I should say. Uh, but the Western side, man, West, surprise, not surprisingly, it's, it's it's hectic. It's hectic, but it's competitive, man. Uh, mm-hmm. Memphis did get eliminated in five games. It was a fun guy, five-game series. Uh, ja kept it relatively interesting, but... We all kind of knew it was going to happen. Uh, Dallas went up 3-2 last night. Denver-Portland had the game of the fucking century. Dame went off for 55 two nights ago. Didn't matter, uh, though, sadly. Did not it, matter. Did not uh, he, Get Dame some help. Get Dame some. He's going to the Lakers after this year, I'm telling you. Um, Fuck, but he did not. hit two buzzer beaters to go ahead and send him to overtime. And then double overtime. Absolute fucking champion. Uh, get that man some help, please. And then Angel... You guys, you you are on the board. You are on the edge of history right now. Tonight, uh, Lakers take on Phoenix. Phoenix, um, obviously, the Lakers were down without AD. He got injured for the 17th time in his career. Um, I feel like I've Man. never watched uh, an Anthony Davis game without him having some sort of injury scare. Honestly, um, whether it's him getting up slow or actually getting hurt. But regardless. Your boys, obviously, there was just LeBron, and everybody thought LeBron was going to go nuclear mode. Nope. They lost by 30. Um, it was just a straight-up annihilation. Now you guys are on the edge of making history. And, uh, Angel, I just got to ask you, man, how, how nervous are you? What are your nerves tonight going into this game? What, what are your thoughts, man? I'm nervous every night, dude. <laughs> I'm nervous every night, every night, every game. So, but, you know, I, I get confident as the game happens. But that was a hell of a night for us. Obviously, AD was out. But, hey, man. LeBron's still on the court. Andre Drummond's still on the court. They still got a good roster, in my opinion. Uh, I can't wait to see LeBron sexuals make excuses for LeBron again. <laughs> uh, you know, because it's going to happen, Josh. We didn't have AD. 
okay, you didn't have AD, but what about that first game where Aiden literally fucked up AD and Drummond both in the paint? You know, mm. we won't get into it right now. I won't release my anger. They'll wait. They'll they'll have to wait a bit. They're gonna have. They're gonna have to wait until potentially next week. Potentially um, next week. Yeah. Let me ask you this: Do you think they close it out tonight? It's gonna be rough. I think. I think. You know, obviously, we're gonna go back. I think we're going back to LA, right? Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, we're not going to be at home. And obviously, man, if we win it there, dude, that's going to be a hell of a fucking statement, depending on the performances we put up, right? Because we'll be back in their house. AD might force himself back, which is obviously a scary thought for them. You know, do they, you know, they they, uh, they obviously got to win to push it to game seven, right? If they want, you know, obviously to win. Uh, you know, they, they really got to come out here. You know, are they going to push AD to come back? And is AD going to be 100%? Or are they going to risk it and not play him a lot or you know, do whatever. It's uh, it's looking a bit rough for them. But I think that if AD isn't back, I mean, and doesn't play, I think we have a, a pretty good chance of just closing it out on that night. If we go to Game 7, well, you know, it's, it's going to be a bit rough. But hey, man, I did predict Game 7 win by the Suns. Uh, it wouldn't be that hell of a way to do it. But you know something, Josh? We made the Lakers miss out on the playoffs when LeBron made it to LA originally. We'll make it the first round again. Well, not again, but we're going to make it happen. You know, just yeah. like we killed all these playoff dreams once, we'll kill it again. We should have killed us when they had a chance. Because now we're back, ki- baby. I'm, I'm not going to say though. I'm not going to do the whole quote, but I'll do part of it. <laughs> yeah, they should have killed you when they had the chance, dude. I mean, I texted you during that game. I was like, I cannot fucking believe the Phoenix Suns are actually going to knock LeBron. Like, for the first time ever, LeBron James has never lost in the first round. Ever. I think one time. No, he's no, like he's 14 he's, and one. I thought there was a. I thought there was some stat that he was like 14 and one in the first round. No, he's never lost in the first round. The fuck? Oh, I guess people are just posting 14 and one because it's gonna happen, or they think yeah, it's gonna happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's never lost in the first round ever. And the Phoenix Suns, who since I've been watching basketball, have been terrible almost every single year, almost every single year. And like, it's finally gonna. I mean, you and I were high on the Suns, but even I, like, we we're even us, like, we're not. I never would have thought they would have beaten the way they're doing it. I guess is how I should say. It. Like, they kicked the shit out of them. Uh, like, so I honestly think they're probably going to close it out tonight, man. I want, I want to put the Josh stink on it. I don't want to like jinx anything. Uh, but if, if I had to flip a coin, I, I'd probably go and take Phoenix. Um, I'd probably take him to close it out tonight. But dude, on that same note, I would also never picked in a million years that the Clippers were also not going to make it out of the first round. Well, dude, Luka Doncic has been on a fucking rampage. They have not been able to shut this man down. He has been putting it on his back, carrying his team. I mean, he's the definition of a superstar right now. I got to give him credit. You know, as much as I give Luca a lot of shit, you know, a lot of the a lot of the hype on him, obviously it's it's well deserved, right? Obviously he's putting up the performances right now. If he beats uh Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, I mean, dude, what a fucking statement. What a fucking statement that is. You know, honestly. Mm-hmm. That is that is a hell of a statement. He he is submitting himself as a perennial all-star right now. Mm-hmm. And look, going into this year, I mean, Luka had a lot of that MVP hype around him. It didn't happen in the regular hype. season, though, which is fine. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that was coming off of last year whenever they pulled Clippers, and, you know, he looked great, but he got hurt, and, um, you know, they took two games, but still they ended up losing. This year, man, I mean, I don't want to say they're going to close it out because, obviously, they started off 2-0, now it's 3-2, and they could have easily lost last night as well 
But there's a very good chance that they're going to close out this series whenever it goes back to Dallas. So um, absolutely insane. Never in a million years would I have thought both – because, look, it, it would not have been a controversial thing to say, oh, the Clippers are going to lose or, oh, the Lakers are going to lose. Both of them in the first round? That's fucking crazy. Never would have picked that in a million years. Yeah, I would have never um, thought that too. I would have picked them to be in the finals. I think I did maybe at the start of the year. Yeah, I think I think you did. You've always been higher on the Clippers. I have not really been high on the Clippers, especially after last year when they choked. Um, They're doing it but again. dude, it just it's it's insane to me because like especially I mean now all we need is Brooklyn to get knocked off. Then it's it's full chaos. Because I'd say if you asked most people, the the top three picks probably would have been along lines of Clippers, Lakers. Even though the Lakers have been pretty bad this year, injuries withholding it, Eve too. Um, and Brooklyn. I say those probably would have been the top three picks. We're looking at a very real possibility, especially depending on how the Bucks do. All of them could be out by the conference championship. So, um, mm-hmm. absolutely insane, man. As far as uh, the series that are currently ongoing, um, well, like not ongoing, um, we can go ahead and give our prediction real quickly, just for the east side of things. Philadelphia, Atlanta, well, that's, that's because those are the only Series that are set, I should say. Uh, Philadelphia, Atlanta, and Brooklyn, Milwaukee. How do you see those two? I, I really need to see Milwaukee this. I really need to see Milwaukee come out this first game and see the kind of performance they put up because I think there's a lot riding on on how they play that team. Uh, obviously, a lot riding on Giannis, a lot of pressure on him. That's okay, man. That's that's what you need when you're a superstar. Obviously, he's facing a really stacked, you know, heavy team. Uh, for his sake, I mean, he needs he needs to put a team on his back and really really show what he's capable of. Obviously, you know, taking the hard matchup, defending KD, having a lot of faith in his guards to you know obviously defending against Harden and, and Kyrie, and being in their face constantly, and uh, you know you know getting your shooter shooting, making sure that every night you're hot, because this Brooklyn team is not a team that can be slept on any night. You cannot relax one bit because one night you know Kyrie isn't going off. Okay, Harden can go off. If Harden isn't going off, Kyrie can go off. You know, uh, if one of them is down, the other two can be up. You know what I mean? Or the other two are down, one can be up. It doesn't, it doesn't take a lot for them to win if, if as long as one of them is on, which is a very scary thought with this team. As far as Atlanta, I think, and I think, obviously, with the performance Trey and the team has been having, I feel like they could have some potential here to come out with an upset. I think it would be an upset. Uh, I think as long as if Embiid comes back. And hopefully he's healthy. I mean, like I've said, I, my thing is with Embiid is I think he will eternally always have trouble with his health and uh, load management. And it's just a sad reality, I think, for him because it's been a thing since college. You know, it's not like he's been doing, dealing with this just at the pro level. He's been dealing it since he got to college. Uh, I, I take the Sixers, honestly. Um, I feel like the Sixers could take it in five uh, pretty easily. I think the Bucks. And Nets could could also could be a six game series. Uh, like I said, I, I think Hawks and Sixers and five would, wouldn't be a surprise to me. Maybe they're doing six. Uh, but uh, I think but I think Milwaukee does definitely put up against uh, a fight against Brooklyn though. At least at least six games. Uh, seven games, I I don't know. That's gonna be really tough. But I I take mm-hmm. Brooklyn easily. Brooklyn and Sixers easily, no doubt in my mind. Yeah, same here. I'm gonna go Brooklyn and probably five or six. Um, I'm not. I've never been a believer in Milwaukee. Now they did shut me up a little um, by just completely. I mean, beating the shit out of the Heat. I mean, last year, um, obviously we saw what happened there. I mean, the Heat took him out in five. Probably should have taken him out in four, for being honest. And then they 
reverse this year, man, out in four games. So I was really impressed with that. Um, I don't think it's a whole lot, though, especially considering whenever you're comparing Brooklyn to the fucking Miami Heat. Uh, I am going to go ahead and take Brooklyn and probably five or six. Not not a knock on Milwaukee. Like I said, I was very, very impressed. Um, they took care of business in the first round. I'm a big fan of Giannis. I'm a big fan of how that team has kind of rallied after last year, whenever it looked like, oh, damn, Giannis, is, he's totally gone. He's gone. Uh, and nonetheless, man, they came back third seed this year, knocked out Miami, got revenge. I, not, I don't think it's going to be the same. Um, against Brooklyn. And then Philadelphia, Atlanta. Atlanta impressed the shit out of me. Uh, I like that squad a lot, like a lot, a lot. But I am still going to go ahead and take Atlanta. Not excuse me. I'm going to take Philadelphia over Atlanta uh, in probably five or six. Um, I just think the 76, especially if Joel is he- he- uh, healthy, which who knows if he will be uh, 100% for the series. If he's 100%, I don't think it would be much co- competition for them. Uh, but so props to props to the Hawks for getting that series done against the Knicks, man. I don't think I don't think they're gonna get enough credit just because of everybody loved everybody loved the Knicks story this year. The media loves whenever the Knicks is good. Yeah, um, they do. Yeah, they really do. But damn, man, Trey on playing the villain, man, yeah. took him out in five, especially out of those first two games. Whenever they were like razor thin, would have never expected it. Well, dude, Julius Randle didn't show up for them. I mean, he went from most improved player to not so mostly most improved player real quick. Yeah, he was invisible. He he was he was non-existent. You really um, had to take over during those games. It was really, it was really sad to see because I feel like the Knicks really could have got through that team. I think I, I think I might have picked the Knicks originally, honestly. I think we both did. I think we both picked the Knicks originally. Uh, but I feel like looking at it now, I mean, they're a really young squad, you know, as far as like the rotation. I mean, Obi, Emmanuel, quickly. I mean, obviously all those guys uh, are, are real young dudes. So it it was going to be a, a heck of a performance if they were going to do it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, like, realistically, looking back at it. Um, that, that's just how things are sometimes, man. I, they'll be back though. I feel I feel like we can see them in a year being a, a really good team. Obviously, uh, hopefully they can get D Rose back and and keep him. Obviously, he's gonna be a uh, someone who a lot of people are gonna be interested in. Maybe make some trade moves. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I don't I don't think he'll be, I don't think he'll leave uh, New York though. Uh, but who knows what could happen? Obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I felt bad for D Rose. I mean, he did. To be fair, I was about to say like. Everybody kind of stunk it up in, in game five for the Knicks, but D Rose six points. I mean, it was it was it was a rough night for pretty much the entire starting lineup. So uh, it it is what it is. So as far as the NBA side of things, is there anything else you want to close out on before we get to the the bigger news of the week? Obviously, no man. It's it's heating up. It's getting really exciting. You know, I mean, we could have two games, maybe even three games, go to a seven game series. Mm-hmm. For sure, man. And let's go ahead and uh, let's help your boys and close it out. Let's let's go ahead and help your boys and close it out. I really think they're going to do it, so I'm happy for you, bro. Um, but nonetheless, uh, before we get into the bigger, probably the biggest event this week, uh, to, to put it lightly, I want to talk to you guys about uh, Monkey Knife Fight. Monkey Knife Fight is a daily fantasy sports gaming website for the casual sports fan. It's simple, fun, and easy to play. You use to determine which superstar competing in the day's professional sporting events will record more or less than the contest line provided. Monkey Knight fights daily fantasy prop games, plays silver and salary cap daily fantasy sports games without the algorithms, lineups, most importantly, sharks. There are several contests to choose from, none of which required hours of research competing required on competing sites. Start with a simple 2 for 2 or go for the highest payouts up to 100 times and higher by selecting an 8 for 8 more or less contest. Get started now with a 100% instant match bonus up to $50 with promo code COURTSIDE. NBA going on, UFC going on, use Monkey Knight fight. Use code COURTSIDE, they'll match it. So, Angel, um, 
So there's no way around this. Uh, this is a this is a shit show going on this weekend. This is a circus. Um, but we, we're involved in the circus, man. We are we are the ringleaders, so to speak. Um, we've covered the story since day one. We've covered uh, the Paul's boxing journey since day one. Both of them. I mean, you and I. I mean, you bought the KSI Logan Paul first card. Uh, way we, back was, when. Way back when. I was at your car. I was at your house for the second one. Um, now Logan's making his return to the ring. We'll talk about Jake Paul. Jake Paul's uh, announcement near the end of the show. Uh, but man, um, Logan Paul. The 0-1-1 boxer, 6-2, around probably 190, taking on the greatest boxer of our generation, Floyd Money Mayweather, uh, probably 155, soaking wet, um, in an eight-round exhibition. No no winner will be officially announced, however, unless it's in the event of a knockout. Ten-ounce gloves, um, no headgear. Uh, first of all, what are your thoughts on the rule set, man? And what is kind of like, I mean, we talked about like excitement level. Uh, we talked about it before kind of the rules got announced, man. What was your excitement level now that the rules have been announced? Um, given everything that has been going down this fight week, their promotion side on uh, the promotion by Showtime, what are your thoughts going in and what's your kind of your excitement level? You know, I'm, I'm interested, you know, uh, I'm interested to see what happens. Obviously, you're buying it for the what if factor. Uh, that's something I always try to make clear. You know, you're not you're not in this because you think it's going to be a great match and it's going to be this back and forth uh, war or some impressive performance. I mean, it's not a you know when it's not a pro pro ma- uh, pro uh, bout for one. It's an exhibition. The rules clearly state that. Obviously, no judges, no scoring. Obviously, that uh, also the 12 ounce gloves, uh, no headgear, and no official winner. Um, and eight rounds, which is still all rounds, I think, even for an exhibition. Um, no, we spelled that way with exhibitions. Mm. But uh, yeah, man, I I'm interested. You know, uh, I'm interested to see what happens. Uh, obviously, you know, I think I could bet my house on Floyd every single time and feel so safe that I could bet my other family member's house on it and feel even more safe. <laughs> this is uh it's ridiculous how comfortable I, I could be you know you know betting my life savings my house my family my organs betting everything betting absolutely everything on floyd Crypto. yeah that's my dog like <laughs> it's 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 you know it's it's ridiculous yeah man so i mean you kind of you kind of said there you're buying it for the what if factor can this kid who's been training for three years who is 18 years maybe younger um four inch height difference 30 to 40 pound weight difference um it's it's pretty insane man i mean it it is an event it is a spectacle it is a shit show uh but we're all kind of tuning in for it and i see people say oh man nobody cares about the fight people care about the fight bro um this fight is going to do much bigger numbers than almost any usc card will this year with the exception of probably a connor fight um nonetheless man um, I guess we can just go ahead and talk about the main event itself, and then we'll go down the card. Um, because I feel like the main event preview is going to be probably six seconds. Uh, Floyd Mayweather, Logan Paul, do you think that there is any possibility? It, like, in, in, in do this deadliest warrior style. Do you think there's any possibility for him to go ahead and actually get the win? Like, in, if they ran this 100 times, what is the probability? That is that how many have? times they ran it in the deadliest warrior? 100 I times? think so. I think it was 100. Well, if they ran it a uh, hundred thousand times, maybe I think Logan wins in one of them. 
Okay, so one in one, one in one hundred thousand. Do you think we're living in that reality? Uh, if we are, holy fuck, we do live in a simulation. <laughs> uh, I mean, the the only way, the only possible way, Logan wins this if he touches Floyd with the cleanest shot he has ever been hit by, which that in and of itself is such an unlikely thing. Because what was the last time Floyd was touched? Kind of even a bit, or even dropped. Or has he ever uh, been dropped? Technically, he's never been dropped, but Judah, I don't remember if it was Zab Judah or Shane Moses, they they pretty much dropped him. Yeah. But uh, it wasn't counted. So, I mean, uh, that was probably like one of the last times he was actually hit. You know, and if you have like a more experienced younger guy and you put him in this position, I think they have a more likely chance because of the weight, obviously the advantage. Like, there, there's a lot of factors that benefit Logan here. But that won't be a factor because he's not at that level. You know what I mean? Because if he was a pro with 15 fights, you know, and uh, you know was a like a, a known you know heavy hitter, had some understanding of angles and you know leveraging his weight, I'd be like Logan has a really good chance, you know, because of his age, his his uh, his strength, his height, his weight, like all of that. If he knew how to properly use that, which is very unlikely that he does against you know. The guy who has some of the best understanding of how to move in, in the in the ring and angles and, and distance and encountering. I mean, I could see Logan maybe doing it, but it's like it's so unlikely that it, he'll probably get outboxed for all the rounds. I think I think I think Floyd will carry it, obviously, for the entertainment value. Like he'll carry it for a round or two. He might even gauge it. I think let's say hypothetically he gets hit and he's like, fuck, OK, not a good idea to get hit by this kid. Yeah. Not because he's a good boxer, but just because I'm feeling it. Let me yeah. start moving around, and let me start getting it. Because I, I don't think, I don't know if he can knock out Logan. I feel like he could take him. He can knock him down with body shots repeatedly, and especially where there's knockdowns allowed. I think Logan could go down twice in multiple rounds. Floyd could be like, okay, I'm gonna rock him. Down. I'm gonna knock him down twice this round. Okay, I'm gonna knock him down twice next round. All right, I'm gonna knock him down, th- and then now I'm gonna take. I'm gonna definitely just go at him this round. You know, yeah. I could see that definitely happening in this match. Which I think is a more likely thing. He'll carry it for one round, two rounds, unless Logan shows him something where he's like, eh, don't like being touched by this guy. Let's just end it. And, and look, I mean, that's kind of historically, I mean, we've seen Floyd in these kind of weird freak show fights these last years. I mean, the Connor one, you could kind of sell yourself on because it's like, oh, it was a real, it was a real boxing match. I mean, this is going to, this count going to count professionally. Connor is a two weight champ at the time. So on and so forth. You kind of buy yourself to that idea. The tension thing. So he he took that one kind of seriously. Um, tension though. I mean, he went out there. It seemed like he was probably going to carry it, and the tension landed. Like I said, he landed a shot, and Floyd went, "Oh fuck this!" And then he went for the knockout. He went for the kill on this like 120 pound kid, and uh, he knocked him out. So uh, we'll see what happens here, man. I think it's probably what you said. I think he's probably going to carry it unless Floyd feels like one hard shot, and he's like, "Oh man, fuck this!" And he's just going to end up. Here's the thing, right? Floyd's going to be like, oh, shit, I'm actually 40 years old. <laughs> I'm actually 44 and have not fought in a real fight in, like, five years. Um, and here's the thing. Like you said, if, if Logan was, like, if Logan had potentially double the – if he had six years experience rather than three, I'd probably take him. You know what I mean? Because, like, it's people are always like, oh, you know, I've seen Floyd – some of his, like, his part of – oh, I've seen Floyd beat up bigger dudes in the gym. Like, yeah, probably prime pretty boy Floyd. Like, probably that dude. But yeah. This forty-four-year-old Floyd Mayweather. I mean, he's like, a human being, you know. You you could lose a bigger guy just because you know he's just you know young, athletic, and strong, you know. 
Exactly. Like if you put if you put a dude of, of Logan size and stature and he had six years of experience rather than three, yeah, I'd probably pick him over four. Actually scratch scratch that. We throw in the current, you know, we're no light light heavyweight champ in there. Actually no, and not, not even that cruiserweight because you know cruiserweight's one ninety, right? Is it cruiserweight? Uh, yeah, but not even not even that though. I mean, I think you need to be champ. I think you take probably the the thirtieth ranked dude. Well, I'm just, dude. I'm just, I'm just saying so we pick the best guy. You know, we yeah. throw in Arthur, Arthur better be even there. You know, he'd kill him or or Dimitri Bivol. I think he could, act, yeah, he probably, yeah, he probably finish Floyd just because Floyd's older and because he has such a big weight advantage and because the guy's a world champion currently. Yeah, I mean that's that's why we, there's a reason why weight classes exist. Um, and this is this is an interesting fight for that reason alone because it's like, how much does weight matter and if logan tries to go out there if he just tries to go out there and just box him straight up fuck no you may you might as well just go ahead and throw you might as well throw in the towel dude there's no point and i mean and he, I could come in with a, he could come in with a smart game plan where he could be like okay i need to you know walk him down not bend get hit rules. you know bend you know bend the rule well, yeah but you know walk him down which is very fucking unlikely because floyd has really good footwork but you know you know use my 190 pounds you know Clinch a lot, weigh on him, you know, make him tired because he's older. Obviously, his cardio is not going to be better, you know. Mm-hmm. Land well, shots he, in the clinch. Land shots in the clinch, you know, out of the clinch, right? Coming out yeah. of the clinch, shit like that. If he was, you know, uh, a more talented guy, right? Because that would be the ideal game plan. Because he's 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 bigger. He has an advantage. Make Floyd tired. Make those arms heavy. You know, slow, try to slow down his movement and uh, look look for your big shots. You know, towards the body, towards the head, not head hunt. You know, obviously, but he he's not going to do any of that. And if he does, well, fuck me. You know, for <laughs> for not doing any better. But yeah, that that would be the ideal game plan if you were a a more more established guy with you know more credentials. But that's that's so unlikely to happen. Actually, not so unlikely. It's not going to happen. And the thing is, is like it's important to note here, um, Logan Paul, and this is going off of the two fights he's had, right? Jake Paul. I mean, these these people constantly mix them up, especially if they're like they don't really know who they know the YouTube style like we do. Oh, dude, it's it's actually kind of funny though how often it happens. All the time, um, but. So Jake, if you guys don't know, Jake's Jake's an aggressive guy. He he'll walk forward. He'll try to land the big right hand. Um, he's not the most defensive dense. Uh, excuse me, defensively savvy guy. I mean, Ben Askren fucking tagged him, right? Like he he's got bloodied up by Deji, Gib Drubla. Like he he's he's an aggressive. It, 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 guy. Granted, granted though, he's also evolved from those fights too. You know, he also Absolutely, think about yeah. It. But I'm talking like his general fight style. He's willing to get hit. Yeah, he's willing to get hit, which yeah. which is okay. You know, early on, you know, when you're when you're learning and you're young and you can take a hit, that's not a, it's not the worst thing. Obviously, it's not ideal, right? Yeah. But you take one to give one, you know. And sometimes you have to, you know. And some it was against some guys. Sometimes you, it's so hard to engage with them, you have to go in, take a hit, and you know, obviously follow it up with a, your own counter, your own combination. Of course, however, the big difference between Logan and Jake that's gonna get to get to. Logan, not that dude. Um, this is good judging off of the KSI second fight, uh, and. Because in the first KSI fight, he only had three months of experience, something like that. Dude looked great. I mean, he was tagging him. He looked great. He looked athletic. He looked like he had power. And he was styling on him in the first two rounds, three rounds. Then he gassed out, and he got his ass kicked. And then after that, in the second fight against KSI, he was super hesitant, which would I mainly assume and attribute to, because he, he gassed out before. And he doesn't want to have to go through that again. Uh, just because, like, this being It's a tired, shitty feeling. Just, taking shots like and there's nothing you can do to control that um he's probably gonna i don't think he's gonna go out there and go for the kill because of what happened in that first fight so he he's 
I don't know, man. It's if this were Jake in here, it'd probably be a lot more interesting, in my opinion. But because of slogan, like I said, um, if, it's, if they ran this a hundred thousand times, Logan maybe wins one. I don't think we're living in that reality. Yep. So, uh, moving on, man. Real quickly, just just a quick rundown of the rest of the card. We can go ahead and give our quick thoughts uh, just about these fights, my man. Um, co-main events of the card, I believe, unless they switch the bad order. Uh, Badu Jack taking on Dervin Colina. Uh, Dervin Colina, 13-0, I believe. Uh, and um, taking on Badu Jack. Obviously, Badu was supposed to fight John Pascal. He ended up testing positive for everything under the kitchen sink. Um, and that, now we're here. What do you think about this fight? Oh, dude, he's going to come out and kill this dude. <laughs> <laughs> he should, at least. I hope. Yeah, I'd assume so. I mean, real, can we talk about how, like, Badu, dude, like, he he's been a mix. On, he keeps on fighting on all these weird cards. Like, he fought on the Mayweather-McGregor undercard. He fought on the Tyson Jones undercard. Now he's fighting on the Floyd Logan undercard. He keeps on getting in these really weird fights. He's like a known commodity, though, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, he, he, he's legit, though. Yeah, yeah. Must be yeah. getting paid pretty well, though, let me tell you. Yeah, for sure, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a... I think Bobby Jackson kill this dude. I hope so, just because, like, this is a guy, he keeps on getting screwed by, like, these uh, just stuff out of his control. I mean, I was really looking forward to that fight, and the job Pascal tested positive for everything. Um, I, like, There was no urine in his drug sample at all. It was all... Like I said, Josh, false. There was, he was more likely to test positive for pregnant. <laughs> uh, but moving down the card, man, uh, Chad... Excuse me. Sweet feet, Chad Johnson. Ocho Cinco. Uh, taking on Brian Maxwell, friend of the show we interviewed last week. Uh, I think out. Brian's going to go ahead and – I don't know the betting odds, but I'm pretty sure he's an underdog. Do you think he's going to pull the underdog uh, – pull the upset? Fuck yeah. That's <laughs> just – I can't you, believe you, there's you, doubt. You've got high hope for Sweet Feet? You know, I – you know, obviously he's a great athlete. You know, we got to give him credit where credit's due. I mean, he was very successful at football for a reason. Uh but dude, it it's just like to me, he's fighting someone with experience, someone who's been hit in the face, someone who's been kicked, ground and pound on, you know, you know, uh, probably had to face adversity in a fight and come back, you know, like in in the sport like MMA, dude, where you can get hurt terribly and 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 you can keep going, and not saying you can't get hit terribly in boxing and you know, obviously bare knuckle, you know. But you can, you know, and, and bare knuckle, especially dude, where you can get cut up, bloodied up, and you got to keep going, and and you can clinch and, and hit in the head. I mean, dude, uh, it's it's, you know, you got to be a different kind of human being to be able to do any of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, our, our boy Maxwell, he, he's gonna come out here and and he should have a good performance. Granted, you know, it's it's not like it's unlikely for. You know, Chad to come out here and maybe look good because he he's a talented guy, but the likelihood of that is is you know I think pretty improbable in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, I'm kind of on, I'm kind of on the same page. Um, it's it's one thing for you to like train boxing and be in the gym, be with the Mayweather's in like the off season to train gosh, for like, actually, cardio. Scratch that. I'll give you a great example. I train boxing. <laughs> Doesn't mean I'm gonna beat Brian Maxwell. <laughs> yeah man fair enough fair enough um yeah i'm i'm same page here i think that like you could train cardio you can train, do all that stuff uh but he's never really been in a fight before he's take, taking on a guy who has a lot of combat sport experience um 
yeah, Brian's record in bare knuckle is not the greatest. He's one and two. Uh, in MMA, he's two and two. So yeah, that's not including another fights he may have had, like amateur wise. Um, but still, that's a guy with a lot of experience. He knows what it's like to get hit. Uh, he does. <laughs> Chad Johnson is not. I'm gonna go and take Brian Maxwell. Um, and then obviously opening up the card, uh, Jarrett Hurd, Luis Arias. Uh, what do you think about that one? I mean, this is probably the most legit fight on the card. I mean, Jerry Hood's a good talent. I mean, we got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, yeah. And then uh, I think he came back from a loss not too long ago. And if I remember right, in a fight that you could argue he won, if I remember, I might be thinking of a different fight. I do not know off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he lost to Julian Williams, came back, fought Francisco Santana. Obviously, he's trying to chase that Julian Williams rematch. Uh. Obviously, Julian Williams not didn't lose that long ago. To, he lost the title to our boy Hayson Rosario, who also lost the title not too long ago. Uh, you know, I'm sure those guys are looking to rematch at some point. Obviously, Jared Hurd, you know, losing his O uh, and, you know, wanting to get back in the mix, trying to get that title. Um, yeah, I mean, this is probably the most legit fight of the night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Jared is probably the best. I mean, it. Without a doubt, this is the most legit fight of the card. Because Luis Arias is not a bad guy either. Um, I mean, it, close seconds, obviously, the body fight. But now that he's facing some short-notice kid, it's not really the same. Um, so, yeah, it's a really fun fight to open up the card. Jared Hurd generally comes to bang. So that should be a fun one as well. Uh, but, yeah, man, overall, going to be gonna be a fun Sunday night. got to remember, it's a Sunday night card for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, on my birthday, I'm going to watch get to watch the greatest of all time lose to Logan Paul. So... <laughs> Um, jokes aside, that's that's my birthday wish. Come on, Logan, do it, bro. Come on, uh, just do it. do it for the memes, man. I can't um, make I can't make the joke I wanted to make on air, but I'll make it afterwards, Josh. Okay, all right. So, uh, last bit of news for the day, my man, uh, Jake Paul, um, brother of Logan, who's fighting this Sunday against the greatest of all time. Uh, Jake, on the other hand, is facing off against Tyron Woodley. We did not uh, we gave our prediction for his career path, like his next few fights. Um, we did that after the Ben Askin fight. Neither one of us picked Woodley, man. A little bit surprised we're going this much this soon. Obviously, Woodley, to put it lightly, is not what he used to be. He'll be 40 when this fight takes place. He's lost every single round of every single fight he's had for the last two years. Um, he's lost – let me go ahead and rephrase that. He's lost four in a row, two of those via um, stoppage. Uh, he's lost every single round since he last fought against Darren Till in 2018. He's not won a round in three three years, but regardless of all of that, he also has arthritis in his hands. He still hits hard. Um, his boxing at the greatest, but generally speaking, in MMA, he was kind of like whenever he wanted to, whenever he actually threw hands, he was a pretty damn good striker. Uh, do you think this is the most logi- like uh, the most logical conclusion or like next step, I should say, uh, in Jake Paul's career as a boxer. And do you like the matchup itself being August 28th on pay-per-view for Showtime? I mean, dude, he's literally fighting a former champ. I mean, one of the best to do it at that division, the UFC strike force. I mean, he is taking on a, he's a top five welterweight of all time. Yes, that too. This gives, and and it's a wrestler again. And, and, but you know, it's, it's, uh, Someone who has a better chance of Ben, honestly, you could probably bet on this fight more more safely than you could with Ben. Because if he wins this, I mean, you can't take anything away from Jake at that point, can you? I mean, can we, we would have to put some respect on the name now, wouldn't we, Josh, right? You'd, ha- you'd have to put some respect on his name, but it is one of those things where, like, this is still a um, 
how can I phrase this? This this is a good step for him in his career, mm-hmm. but it is a guy that has, like I said, lost four in a row, has arthritis in his hands, and is not a boxer, and is forty years old, and twenty pounds lighter than Jake. Mm-hmm. At the moment, granted, well, dude, you got to think about it too. Uh, he does cut weight, you know. He does cut weight, but generally, Woodley did walk around at one eighty five, and Jake's generally probably around two hundred. Yeah, so I'll give you fifteen. I'll take it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's another thing too. I mean. You know, as far as matchup, man, I, I did not see it coming, especially when T. Wood said, I'm not going to fight this kid unless it's MMA. I want to hurt him, you know, which <laughs> let me tell you, that did not last very long. <laughs> I thought that was actually real funny that he decided to take the fight because I'm like, really, T. Wood? Really? You said <laughs> that you would fight this man only in the octagon, not in the ring. Uh, I mean, dude, a hell of a task in front of him, right? Obviously, you know, it's it's a different discipline. I mean, T. Wood, you know, I mean, the whole boxing stance and everything, it's a different style, man. That's that's something you just got to accept at this point, you know. If if a kid at this level can beat, you know, some MMA fighters, you know, imagine what a guy at the highest level can do against some of the best MMA fighters, you know what I mean? That's something we got to recognize now. Uh, you know, just just like a guy in boxing couldn't e- as easily make the transition to MMA, I mean, a guy in, in, in MMA couldn't as easily make the transition to boxing. I mean, I think there could be someone one day, I hope, that's my dream. Obviously, that's I mean, the one person who, who's kind of trying to do that right now is Clarissa Shields. So obviously, good luck to her. Uh, I mean, dude, I I did not see this coming. I really didn't. I I, I know I read I'm it again, but I I mean, fuck, dude. I think there was a better chance of Willie fighting Jay Leon Love, who was in you know his locker room talking some shit to him. You know what I mean? Which yeah. granted, if he would have jolly Jay Leon Love, I mean, Jay Leon Love would have put a working on the man. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, because obviously the man, I mean, his whole discipline is boxing. Obviously, he has some losses and finishes on his record for getting finished on his record. But, I mean, man, he's a a legit guy. And, Mm. I mean, it's going to be on fucking Showtime, dude. And if Willie loses this, Willie's never going to fight again. I don't think he's going to fight again regardless. Well, yeah, but you know what I mean? Especially now, if he loses, he's not going to fight for any other promotion. Mm. Unless it's a freak show like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, dude. It's, this is a real weird one. I'm really just in awe, to put it lightly, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a weird fight for sure, because the thing is, is like, I thought for sure that, um, Dylan Dan, it seems like the next logical conclusion. Yeah. I mean, when it, especially whenever Jake signed with Showtime, I'm like, oh, dude, like Dylan literally fights on Showtime for Bellator. Um, and obviously, you know. Scott Cooker's met with Logan before. It seems to have a good relationship. He may fight for Bellator at some point in the future. Um, so, so on and so forth. I'm like, oh, yeah, totally Dylan next. Uh, and it wasn't until T. Wood posted something on Instagram. We're like, oh, my God. Like, I put it together. Like, oh, God, he's going to fight Jake. And it's an interesting fight for sure. Uh, it may be too much too soon because, like, here's the thing. You, you've said before, and I've even said, like, you know, he, he's evolved a lot over his last few fights. Um, and he, he should because he's still – he's a young kid. He's athletic. He's training with some of the best trainers on the planet. He still gets hit. Um, you know, Ben landed on him for fuck's sake. Uh, if, if Ben – if T. Wood lands one of those shots – and I've heard some people say it's like, oh, well, it doesn't really matter because T. Wood doesn't know how to box. And his thing is leveraging your power in boxing is different than it is in MMA. That's something that's underrated. And you saw that a lot in – Funny enough, Conor McGregor gets Floyd Mayweather. Conor landed some shots, man, that, like, 
he landed them flush. He landed that uppercut that was flush. He landed a couple of some really nice shots, but they had no power on them. Just because he's not really sure how to leverage his shots. Um, in the boxing, it's different in that than it is in MMA. T. Wood, man, I don't think it matters. I almost don't think it does. Because, like, this is, for all that our criticisms of Tyron Woodley, uh, he is 40. He is, has, he has arthritis in his hands. He's, he's, he's broken his hands before. He, even whenever he was champion, he was not the most entertaining guy. He was very hesitant to throw. The dude is one of, I'd put him in the top 10 of the most athletic specimens to have ever fought in MMA. Mm-hmm. He has explosivity and power that is only given to you by a god, dude. I'm I'm an atheist, but if there's God out there, this motherfucker put Tyron Woodley on the planet just to knock motherfuckers out. That's what he did. Because he has some of the fastest hand speed that we ever seen. The Josh Koscheck one, the Lawler knockout, so on and so forth, man. I mean, this is dude is a straight up savage whenever he actually th- chooses to throw his hands. He has insane power, insane athletic ability. If he lands one, one clean one, it's it's going to be lights out. But at the same time, man, he also does not have the best chin as of late. He's taken a lot of damage. So I think it's a very evenly matched fight. Um, I'm not sure who I'd pick as of now. Uh, but, man, it's it's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be a fun one. August 28th on Showtime pay-per-view, my man. Yeah, no, it's really exciting. I mean, Willie, too, man, it, you know, even his hands weren't, like, he didn't have ever crazy combination. He threw a lot of twos, but he doesn't throw a lot of four and fives, you know, or more extended combinations. So that's another thing that... Uh, Jake has some kind of thing on because obviously he's training for, you know, all variety of combinations, you know, and Woodley isn't, you know, like I said, he doesn't, he never had a crazy amount of combinations like that. He wouldn't go for fours, fives, you know. Mm-hmm. So at least he has that. Also, Woodley has not that much time to prepare, right? Because, you know, the stance is different. The cardio is different. Everything's different. Well, he's getting longer than what Ben had. I'll say that. I mean, Ben had, what, two months? A little under? Well, granted, we don't know the negotiation and if he just started preparing ahead of time, right, thinking that it was a possibility, you know? Yeah, I'd be willing to bet that Woodley's probably preparing for this for the, probably the last couple of weeks. And they're fighting in late August, which I actually heard that may also get pushed back to September as well. Because I guess there's a Showtime boxing happening on that night already, so they may push it back to September. Mm-hmm. So, um, definitely, I, I, think, I think he's getting more time to prepare than, than Ben, at least. Not that it would have mattered. I bet as coming off a hip replacement. Not exactly the number one candidate for a boxer, but yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, overall, is there anything else you want to go ahead and talk about on the show or on this fight in general before we go ahead and close out? No, not necessarily, man. It's, it's just kind of out there. Obviously, like we, we try to not talk a lot about it. And I, I feel like we talk a lot about it right now compared to when we would uh, the night of. Obviously, it's going to be a while before we get there, but this is a, this is a big deal, man, because obviously – I feel like, you know, and we didn't get into it too much. I think the reason he, he ended up getting this fight over Dennis, because, you know, said Dennis kind of made sense, but I'm like, Dennis versus Woodley, you know, credentials, name power. Woodley's kind of, you know, the bigger draw, right? Uh, Woodley's the bigger draw, but, like, in credentials, it doesn't matter when it comes to the Jake Paul fight. I mean, he fought Ben Askren, I know, so. I know, true, <laughs> but, but, but he wants to fight guys who have some reasoning to fight for, you know what I mean? Yeah, some sort of drawing power. And the Dennis fight made sense. Whenever it was like earlier, like what was it earlier this year? Because Jake kind of after that boxing match, he's asking he he became like a legitimate star during the buildup. Granted, though he he has upgraded Josh. So what's the next logical upgrade after Woodley if if, if it does happen? Obviously, I don't want to think about it too head, but it has to be someone just as big, uh, if not bigger, right? 
I potentially. Um, I know they tried to they tried to have him fight Bisping, and Bisping told him no. Well, he can't. Um, he probably can't get medically cleared either. He, I don't think so. He, well, he has one. He literally has one good eye, and he just had double knee surgery. Um, so I don't know, man. I mean, after that, there's. It's honestly, he may fight a Bellator dude, and he may fight Danis. Um, even wow. after this one, just because That's he still wants to get to Connor. But at the same time, dude, after this, I'm, I'm telling you, it's gonna be Floyd because Floyd's gonna murder Logan, and then there's gonna have the storyline. They literally yeah. they unbanned Jake from ring because Jake got banned from the fight after the gotcha hat thing. Uh-huh. He got unbanned this past week, so now he's going to be ringside. That's going to be interesting, man. That's going to be interesting. I, like like I said, I think he's going to he's just going to hunt for his big paydays, and once he gets that big fight, I think he'll be out of this out of this port, man. For sure, man. I mean, I think I don't even know though because I think he's obviously gonna I think he's going to fight Floyd next, uh, win, lose, or draw. Uh, just because like it's gonna be an exhibition, so it doesn't really matter to an extent. Mm-hmm. It won't go on his professional record, so that's something he'll be able to fall back on. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's definitely interesting. This whole storyline's been very very interesting. Um, there's so many different ways it could go, to put it lightly. Shit, that's if Floyd wants to fight an exhibition too against him, you know, because of the whole situation there. I think I, well, if Floyd for for the money it'll make sense and for that's why I that's why I think it's gonna happen because if it makes sense money wise Floyd will do it. There's, I mean there's a reason why he's fighting Logan man. Logan has zero credentials at all. Mm-hmm. I mean Jake has more significantly more. Yeah, and even then it's still not a lot more, you know. Yeah, but it still I makes mean, a big difference, which is crazy. I know, man. I know. It's it's definitely. It's it's a circus right now. Boxing is in a, such a weird place, man. Um, that's okay, man. That's okay. It is because we still have legitimate fights. Manny's gonna be fighting, um, in July, I think. Not so, July. I can't remember, but he's fighting. Yeah. Canelo's probably gonna fight Caleb Plant this year. He should at least. Yeah, and then we got obviously the the Fury Wilder Fury trilogy finally. Yep. Um, which I mean. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it, but at the same time, it's like, damn, you, gotta, you really you got to look forward to it, Josh. I know, I know, I know it's stopping Joshua Fury, but man, you got to, you know, the, there was the talks of walk away money. I'm, I'm assuming, uh, obviously, I'm sure Wilder probably asked for a ridiculous number just just to be like, let's see if they can do it. It didn't take it, right? Yeah, it was offered, and he was like, nah, fuck that, giving it him again, which is kind of, you know, honestly, that's some king shit right there. If he did that, you know what I mean? You got to respect it. Because he's like, I want it again. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I respect him for that a lot. The fact that he he wants had the it. Ch- he had the chance to walk away, and he did. Yep, he wants so. it. He was like, oh yeah, fuck your big event in Saudi Arabia. Give me that guy again. Exactly, and he's training, man. He's training his ass off. So yeah, it'll be fun. I mean, there was nothing else to do during COVID, only for him to improve. So that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, yeah, man. I thought this was a good show this week. Uh, I hope you guys in, enjoyed it. Um, as as always, go ahead and go like us on Twitter. I'm at Josh Shivanoff. He's at underscore one At Courtside Sound One is official Twitter page and Instagram at Courtside Sound Off. Show our sponsors some love as well. As well, Rogue Energy and Monkey Knife Fight. Make sure to use the codes. All the stuff you guys want to go follow us will be in the description below. Um, outside of that, hope you guys enjoyed. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click.